it hits home for me because our mind, like we have these expectations of how things should be and we're like resisting the fact that there's some other way <laughs> and they continue to persist because of that. And his solutions are so simple. So I'm delighted to be here with my dear friend Danielle Matthews um, from the Single Truth podcast. And Danielle, you and I have just recorded a wonderful, wonderful episode with the most amazing Yogi Omrit Dasari, who we affectionately is known as Guru Dev, on the ego and how we can manage it to live our best lives. Um, fantastic episode. But before we do that, can you just introduce yourself to my listeners and tell them all about your podcast? I'd be happy to. You know, I called my podcast The Single Truth because when I heard Guru Dev's teachings for the first time back seven years ago, I went, that's it. That is that is the single truth. That is, if you know this, if you realize that you're more than your thoughts, you can open up everything in your life. And so myself and my co-host, Nirmala, we said, you know, if we can have conversations on this podcast around that, once you realize you're more than your thoughts, so then what? <laughs> How does this then play out in your relationships, in your connection with, well, who am I if I am not my thoughts? Realizing and exploring this other side of you and getting into just higher states of conscious awareness. Uh, that is the the conversation we love to have and, and the way that we go. And, and we just hope that in that people can become more self-aware and start to be empowered with the potential sitting within them that their current mind <laughs> is getting in the way of them accessing. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Well, my podcast is the Live, Love, Learn podcast. And my sort of theme is expanding consciousness through curiosity. So mm -hmm. on a very similar line to yours, it's just keeping that open heart and that open mind and realizing that there's always a different way to look at a solution, a situation, that we have so much more choice than we think we do have to move out of that reactive state into the conscious choice about how we experience our day-to-day -day lives. And, you know, that fits so beautifully with both our themes for the discussion that we've just had uh, with Guru Dev on the ego and how we can manage our ego. I think our listeners are in for a real treat with this one. It's the first in a series that we're doing with Guru Dev. And please do anyone who's listening to this stay because the meditation that Guru Dev's finished with was very, very special, wasn't it, Danielle? Oh, it was. It drops you right into to the truth of who you are. <laughs> and it's something I think everyone can access. So just get yourself in a quiet space so you can really enjoy that one. Um, thank you. And everyone, you've got a treat. So enjoy the interview. Today, I am so happy to be co-hosting this conversation with my dear friend, Danielle Matthews from the Single Truth podcast. And Danielle and I are so delighted to have our very, very special guest with us today, Yogi Omrit Desai, whose disciples and students refer to as Guru Dev. For today's topic of what is the ego and how can we manage it? Now, this is such an important topic for absolutely everyone. It impacts all areas of our life, our happiness and our interactions with others. 
So I personally am so happy to be discussing this with you, Danielle and Guru Dev, as I know that we will all get so much understanding about how managing our ego can transform all aspects of our lives. Yeah, Danielle, you've had the pleasure, haven't you, of working with Guru Dev. So please do tell us a bit more about our wonderful guest today. Yeah, I will. And I'm so excited for this conversation. You know, I've been working with Guru Dev for the last seven years, and I'm honored to have this conversation with him today. Um, Guru Dev just celebrated his 90th birthday, and he holds wisdom that he's gained through his own decades of life. But he has also spent his life distilling the ancient teachings and the secrets revealed to him by his master, Swami Kripalu. Now, Gurudev grew up in India, and he met his teacher as a teenager, uh, which lit something inside of him that is still burning strong today. And he had a desire when he was young to come to the U.S., and he actually started his life here with his wife. And upon arriving, Gurudev did not know anyone. But this passion he had for yoga was something that came through him and he started to teach and he started to teach classes that began to grow and grow. And something that I find really fun is that he shared that housewives uh, used to come to his classes and actually lie about where they were going because this concept of yoga was so new in the West. And so he was really part of this initial craze uh, that started here back in the 60s and has grown into the yoga practices and the diversity that we all see today. Uh, he was one of the first to arrive, and he is the last living guru of that initial wave. Now, as his classes grew, uh, he began to to have institutes and different places where people could actually become residents. And he established the largest holistic center here in North America with over 350 full-time resident volunteer staff. And they had the capacity to accommodate over 300 students. It was the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. Now, Gurudev left Kripalu in the mid-90s, and he started to refine his teachings even more into what is now known as the integrative Amrit method. I am yoga, I am yoga nidra, I am yoga therapy, and quantum breath meditation. In 2001, he actually founded the Amrit Yoga Institute here in Salt Springs, Florida, which is where I live. And it is a thriving international yoga and Ayurvedic center where he presently resides and teaches. He is also the co-founder of the International University of Yoga and Ayurveda, which was established in 2014. So he has maintained these mystic Eastern roots, but he's made these teachings available to us with our Western psyche. And something Gurudev always says that I truly believe as well is that if it doesn't change your life, it's not yoga. And I can tell you that these practices and what you all are going to hear today will certainly change your life if you open your heart to them. That is an incredible bio. And Everyone who's listening to this conversation today, you will get so much out of it. And we are also going to end with a very special meditation by Guru Dev. But thank you so much for giving us your time today, Guru Dev. And before we really delve into the subject of the ego, I really would love to find out a little bit more about your passion for teaching people how to integrate this ancient wisdom into our modern lives? This is one of the biggest secrets that yogis found out that is, uh, is not understood by humanity. 
engender. That truth is that I am not my ego mind. Wow. We believe that I am what I think about myself. This is what, um, what um, Descartes said. He says, I think, therefore I am. He thought that thoughts is all that exists and that life is, happens by the way we think about it. That's the craziest idea because we think so many different things. We are like, I like myself, I hate myself. I'm successful, I'm a failure. Life is not what we think. Life happens on a whole new level. And that's what yogis found out. That is why yogis said, the ego mind is not who you are. So what does that mean? The ego mind, when you identify with, what you are saying is what I think about myself is who I am. Really? <laughs> that's, that's who you are? Or what I think about you, guys, that's who you are. Don't bother me. That's who you are, what I think about you. That's what that happens. And what I think about, what I like is who I am. What I'm afraid of is who I am. So that is the ego, identification with ego. That says this kind of crazy things. And that's what most people believe that what I think about myself is who I am. That is the self-image thinking about itself, which is this, which I call the toxic memory stress disorder that each one of us carry within ourselves that we identify with. Mm -hmm. So I call it toxic memory stress disorder, which is popularly called post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. And, and then guess what? The ego mind has created that by reacting to what is present. That means it is its own creation. That is why each individual creates out of reality what they think about it which is built into the memory body as what I like and what I'm not afraid of. So that is the major problem of ego mind. It creates the stress, lives in the stress, and believes itself from all, the, all its thoughts arise from this unresolved memory stress disorder or PTSD. So that is, we all know that everyone thinks, perceives, and feels what they think, what they perceive is perceived through their own pre-programmed toxic memory stress disorder or PTSD. And that is why the ego mind that is rooted in it is, is also 
paranoid and and it does not think clearly so what is yoga yoga means learning to know and see that you are not what you think about yourself or people or life situation you are not what you think this is it and then almost everybody almost all the time we think and what we think about what i think about myself i believe it to be true no that is lie what i think about you there is nothing true about what i think about you it is my thinking from my pre-program toxic memory stress disorder do you see how big this is that means we are reactively seeing the world and we are creating our own world and live in it as if it is true no wonder we are each person is creating its own world with its own reactive perceptions pre-programmed by their own individual past and they are having conflict with anyone or anything at any time no wonder so this we take it for granted like that's the way things are everybody thinks that just the way we think we are having conflict with others we think it is coming from the other mm -hmm. the reactive perceiver mm -hmm. so uh, every time we, what i see there is in the seer's eye it doesn't exist in the outer world you can ask me any question and at any time otherwise there'll be I can just talk and talk, but I want you to ask questions like, what is the difference? Or how do, how do, how do people look at it? Well, if we could Gurudev, pull back for a minute, some of the people listening, some of our audience thinks of yoga as just the postures that you do from the instructor at the gym or the yoga studio. They don't, they don't realize that that is just a tool that's meant to help you, you know, get away from your thoughts and realize that you're more. And I, I just want to share with everyone something that really was um, the opening for me when I first came to the Amrit Yoga Institute. Uh, I was, it, it was explained to me that once you realize the single truth in life, the secret that Guru Dev just shared, which might have gone right over your head and you're going, I'm going to have to listen to that 10 times to be able to integrate it, is to realize that you are more than your thoughts. And when you realize that you are more than your thoughts and the analogy that was given to me that I'll never forget, Guru Dev, it was shared that it's like you are the sky and these clouds and the storm that might be blowing through or the sunshine or the rain. Those are the oscillations of the mind, the ego mind, who you're not. But we get so identified with that weather pattern. We think that that is us. But in truth, we're the sky behind it. And so I think. I would love to hear, <laughs> you know, my understanding of the ego, if you're feeling that this is, this is what, you know, what it is, the ego mind is the weather pattern. It is the, the thoughts, the emotions that come through. It's the programming we picked up from being a child, from society, from, 
you know, the books we've read, everything that we've put into our mind, we start to identify as us, but really we're more than all of that. The mind, I think, serves a purpose, which we might need to get into, you know, because we don't want to not have the mind. But the whole point of everything you're saying and the point of yoga is to get yourself away from and to create space between that mind to get into the space of who you truly are. Is that accurate? So you, you brought up the very important point that when people practice yoga as a physical discipline, who is managing the body, the ego mind, the, the ego mind operates from its pre-programmed self-image, body image, self-concepts. So subconscious are managing the body, the object. So most people, when they're practicing yoga, they are, while they're practicing yoga, they say, I'm too fat. I hate this posture. I don't like this posture. Oh, this will hurt me. So, or, um, or I'm too stiff. So the mind is talking in conflict with the body that is present now. So mind is talking from the pre-programmed past about what is present, do you see? And so it is practicing body-mind conflict on a yoga mat, which is supposed to be bring body-mind, soul and spirit in the harmony. So most people, when they practice yoga, often they practice to lose the weight, to become slim, and to become very attractive. What I say, there are many uh, slim, miserable people. <laughs> that it's not for slimness that you are practicing. You're trying to remove the suffering that is built into the body, in the memory mind. So that is why yoga says, while you are practicing yoga postures, witness your thoughts. And when you witness your thoughts, you create a distance from your thoughts. You, you withdraw from your thoughts. And when you withdraw from your thoughts, guess where you enter? You enter in your feeling body. And feeling body is the connection to the soul being that has manifested through it. Mm. So this is how you connect to the source of peace and harmony and love and compassion inside of yourself. So this is why I call I am yoga that I have developed. It's called meditation in motion. So yoga begins with meditation. It is not yoga doesn't, so that does not mean you don't do postures, but when you do postures, your attention, your focus is witnessing your own mind mm -hmm. so that your mind is talking from the memories of the past. Instead, you witness your thoughts, so you withdraw from the past and so that you are connecting to the body that is present now. 
the body is the object, seer is the subject. If the seer is ego mind, it will judge the body. But if the seer is witness, it will witness the thoughts. Let the thoughts of, I like myself, I hate myself, people are for me, they are against me. All that false information falls away. So that means you are being free from the toxic memory stress disorder. That is the meaning of practicing yoga. So that is what is causing all the suffering in life. That doesn't, it doesn't even exist because everything that you experience in your love life, family life, work life or social life in the past, you perceived it through your reactively built memories of the past. Therefore, it does not, it exists in the memory. It does not really exist at all. Not only that, but the way you perceived it, you distorted the reality and built it into your memories. So the memories are false. They are built in the memory graveyard of the past. And when you believe it, you are living in the memory graveyard. <laughs> wow. We call it somnambulism. So this mm. yoga is how to land into the live in the present moment where life happens. Life does not happen in the memories of the past. And most people, they live in their memories of the past. I call it karmic memories of the past. These are my own creations of new way of looking at it. The same thing is said in many different ways. But when I saw, when I had an awakening experience in 1970, I saw that my body is the book of secrets. Mm. And because the being presence, God has manifested through the body. So the creator has many un, unmanifest, formless creator has manifested through the form that the body is. So therefore, when I live in the present moment, I am living in a co-creation with the creator that is inborn within me. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. There's so much that I'm processing for that Guru Dev. But one thing I'm really fascinated from what you've just been saying is do just humans have an ego or do animals have an ego as well? That's a good question. Yes. So this is very important that yoga delineates and shows that there are human beings are born with several bodies. Yeah. We are born with the instinctive animal body, with self-conscious, time-bound ego mind, with a divine potential for superconscious. Mm -hmm. So we have three levels. So we live, we live on the ego mind is born separated from the subconscious animal body to function as a self-conscious human ego mind. So we have a body that lives in the present moment because body functions 
through the polarity of sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. So male and female in young polarity. So you have seen in young polarity moves in circle, right? Circle means there is no beginning, there is no end. And that is the body, our subtle body is made of that consciousness and energy. It is eternal. It existed before the birth. It will survive after the birth. So our subtle body is, is eternal. Ego mind is just born. It's a new arrival, new evolution out of the subtle body. And that ego mind has choice. See, the subconscious is choiceless because it is in circle. Circle means there is no separation of the subject and object. But the ego mind that is born, separated, acts as a subject, what it sees, the body as an object. So it chooses for or against what is present. And that is the human potential. So the human mind has created amazing things. All this, all the civilization, the culture, the science, the technology of what we have created the, is, is just amazing creation of the human ego mind. But that is how, but that is created by the objective ego mind. The subjective ego mind operates from its pre-programmed memories of the past. Therefore, it cannot create anything new out of what is present. So mm -hmm. what I mean is science, scient scientists, when it goes, does any research work, it sees whatever is the object of exploration or scientific research, he perceives it. He, if he doesn't say, oh, I like this, I don't want to do this, it cannot introduce, superimpose its likes or dislikes. It cannot superimpose its past over the present, the object. Therefore, scientific research and expansion is the creation of the ego mind. But the ego mind, objective ego mind. So the scientist, so he wears the hand of the objective observer in his research lab. When he goes back, he wears another hand of subjective perceiver. His wife, he had a conflict yesterday. So today he sees her with the same conflict. She is not the same, but he, he looks at her with the memories of the past. So that means that ego has become a subjective perceiver from the past. He's no longer objective like he was in the lab. That's for the ego can be a great creator as an objective perceiver, but ego is a subjective perceiver that perceives all its experiences of the present through the memories of the past is reliving the past again and again. Yeah. So the ego so, is, 
helpful to us when we're in presence and using it to help us process and think. But the moment it becomes an issue, what I'm hearing you say is the moment we get this lens that you call the toxic memory past, right? The Maybe the preferences we have, you know, I'd prefer that my boyfriend treat me this way or that my child does this or that, you know, my boss acts in this way. As soon as we have preferences, I I know that you've told me before they are the seeds of frustrations <laughs> and expectations. Having an expectation that somebody is going to do something is the seed of frustrations. And so like the ego mind has this way because it can help us and it is part of who we are and we've been with it since we were born. But the problem is when it starts to have these uh, expectations, frustrations, when it pops, when it pops things in that are not going to allow you to see the present moment for what it is. Is that is that true? Right, right. See, the subjective ego mind acts from expectations mm-hmm. because it's not connected to the source. So it expects from the resources or from the other what it likes. So when it expects from the other, it has moved away from the source of oneness within. And Mm. it has created separation between himself and his expectation and what he, and himself and the other from whom he expects. The change happens. Separation happens on both levels, within and outside. So expectations is separation in disguise, Mm. within and without. Mm -hmm. So yoga is now seeing what the other person is as it is, seeing the object as it is. So when you see the person as it is, miracle happens. You, you have no conflict with it. You are not upset with them like you see from your past. You are seeing them from the presence that you are within yourself. So you have created a shift within yourself. You are connected to the source, the oneness presence that can see what is present as an object, as it is. So you don't need to solve the problems of the memory problems of the past. If you become objective, you can see the present as it is without the memory of the suffering of the past. So when, so this is such a big point that why, why humans suffer, there is, the suffering comes from only by living in the memory of separations of the past. As long as you drop the memories, all the suffering falls back, suffering falls away instantly. <laughs> that is the spiritual way of knowledge. This is called the knowledge of truth. When you know the truth, this is what Christ meant. And when you know the truth, truth will make you free. So as soon as you know the truth, I am not what I think. I am that I am appears. <laughs> and, and then I am has no choice for or against because for or against comes from the past. I am have no past. I am eternal. 
I am omnipresent presence. I am the presence, the God within. I have, I have connected to the higher being that I am. So if you learn, so when I say people, I said, accept yourself just the way you are right now. It's very difficult because ego says, I will accept myself when I change these wrong things. It's looking from the past, right? Actually, when you connect with the present right now, you have no past. It's all false creation by reactive perceiver, the ego mind that you are not. And when you withdraw from the false, guess what? The real automatically that is always already present is revealing itself. So that is what Christ meant that unless you die, you will not be born again. Unless you, that is identified with the karmic memories of the past, unless you let go of that, real you that is present now will not be born again. That is the same meaning. So this is what I have built into the practice of I am yoga, teacher's training course, Yoga Nidra teacher training course. When people go through that, their life begins to change, not in some after five days or five weeks, they begin to see amazing change right away because they are learning not to expect any change in themselves or in the others. They are relaxed with the way they are now. When I'm relaxed, the higher my mind is calm, my mind is clear, my mind is objective. I can see what is as is. Now I'm living in the real world of not in the memory world. There's so much to this. And, and I'm thinking of some practical examples for people and for myself now, Guru Dev. So what you were just saying there, a lot of people have aspirations or goals for their life, whether it's financial goals for security or to have children or sporting goals. So how can we balance the, our aspirations, our dreams, our goal setting with our ego? That's a beautiful, very important question. <laughs> so, so the problem is problem of insecurity, of uh, which we call aspiration <laughs> of what <laughs> success is just is in the mind of a person. Is the thinker is thinking? That's what I'm saying. Don't believe what you think about yourself. So when you drop your sense, the word does the thoughts of insecurity or fear, or I'm not good enough. The, the, the person, your, your perception is limited to see insecurity. Mm. If there is no insecurity, you are perceiving that way. And, and even if you don't have job, even if you perceive, just accept the reality of what it is, be relaxed, be clear in mind, the, the mind itself 
will begin to show you what to do to solve the problem. Do you understand? So it is not like just clearing the mind, accepting what is as is. It is when you accept what is as is, you become so clear, all the confusion, conflict-creating, fearful, angry, self-rejecting thoughts, they just disappear. When they disappear, guess what happens? The clouds are gone, the sunshine has come, the, the light of intuitive insights and options will appear that were not seen before. Now you can act and you can, you have the same mind is then when cleared by accepting itself, can see this and can do this, can act in the reality world rather than fear world or insecurity world. Yeah. yeah, that makes total sense. I remember you saying one time when you get the, the ego mind out of the way, and that's why we do meditation, right? To, to practice getting away from those thoughts and witnessing them. That's when now you've created the space for those intuitive hits, <laughs> for your mind to be open to, okay, well, what, where am I supposed to be moving? Where is spirit guiding me? Where is God guiding me? Where is the universe guiding me? Uh, and that, that can come through. But I want to ask you this, Guru Dev, so many people feel that life is unfair or they feel like a victim to their circumstances. And I would love for you to talk about that in relation to ego. That is, that is again, very clear. Life is unfair as if life is doing something to you. <laughs> that is the false perception. Actually, what you are doing to life that is happening is, is the real issue. So that's, that's a difference here. So life is, so there is no, there is, life is not unfair. You are, you are yourself looking at life situation through your own pre-programmed karmic memory stress disorder, PTSD, what you call it. <laughs> and so you're looking at it. So no wonder the, the, so the life, the mind can create heaven, out of hell, or hell out of heaven. It's in the mind of a perceiver. So that's why you will see there are some people, no matter where they go, what they do, they are successful, they are happy, things work for them. And there are people, no matter where they go, what they do, they create conflict, stress, and unhappiness. So how to manage that mind, how to make that mind from being victim of conflict-creating, stress-producing thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So how to be free from them? That's called yoga. That's called witnessing those thoughts to, and withdrawing yourself so that you are a clear thinker, objective thinker. Then you create a shift. So yoga is a the practice of I am yoga is a conscious crossover from reactive thinking, the, the reactive thinker and doer ego mind in the dimension of time to timeless being that I am. That's a shift. That is the quantum shift. That's what yoga 
That's what I teach, quantum breath meditation. So you create a quantum shift. So you, you are no longer identified with time-bound ego mind, the carrier, creator and the carrier of all karmic memory sufferings. That's it. It's memory suffering. And so when you know that memory is the creation of the ego mind that you are not. And when you know, I am not what I think, when you drop that, who you are, it, it opens the door for the who you are to be reborn. So your ego mind dies and your consciousness is reborn. That's what Christ meant, unless you die, means unless your ego mind dies, your who you are cannot be reborn. That does not mean dies means it you will die. No, ego mind dies. It means you have disassociated your identification with it. That means ego mind dies. Once you understand this secret, that's why yogis six thousand years ago they discovered the secret of how to how not to resist the ego. Mm -hmm. So what you resist persists. So, <laughs> so if you resist because your ego is bad, because your thoughts are bad, if you judge yourself, if you are resisting yourself. So what you resist persists. So they said, do not resist ego mind. It's not bad. It's not good. It is not. Mm. <laughs> it does not exist. So is they say that you witness your thoughts rooted in the toxic memories of the past, built by ego mind, and you are dis disassociating from ego mind, and then you don't have to solve all the problems. What is all suffering just simply goes away. That is like that, on the spot. But that has to be done again and again, because there are layers and layers of karmic memories that are built in the body in the form of energy blocks. So the entire practice of yoga is begins with meditation. That's what Christ said. And so that is, you are practicing yoga with meditation. He says, yoga means, right in the second sutra, the scripture writer Patanjali says, yoga means witnessing the modifications of mind. And then he teaches about eight limb yoga, yama, niyama, asan, pranayam, pratyahar, dharana, dhyana, and samadhi. So he says, all these are not to be practiced as a step, but as a holistic practice. When you, medit when you meditatively practice any of these steps, you are, you are entering into the experience of oneness that yoga is. So when you witness, that's only when the oneness happens, but which is the meaning of yoga. Yoga means experiencing co-creative harmony, peace with, with yourself, within yourself, and with who or what is present in the outer world. <laughs>
its co-creation begins to happen. So you are still alive and happy. The life is a celebration when you are in co-creation. There is, there is nobody enemy or a friend. What is this as it is? So enemy, so what Christ meant when he said to Adam and Eve, not to eat the forbidden fruit of good or evil. He said, in reality, there is no division of good and evil. Mm. Right? That's what he meant. So as soon as, as humans, we ate the fruit of good and evil, we were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. It's not a one-time event. That's what happens every time you think, you choose for or against what is present from the memories of the past. Every time you throw yourself from the body, the Garden of Eden, into the ego mind and live in the memories of the past. That is called thrown out of the Garden of Eden. God doesn't do that. You do that. <laughs> Oops. I don't know about you, Danielle, but I am going to be re-listening to this multiple, multiple times. Guru Dev, that is so much you've given us already. Um, I'm going to ask a question which I'm going to say is is probably huge, but for people like myself, where a lot of this is quite new, um, you've covered so much just in this first session. We are going to be having Guru Dev back, but if there are a couple of things that you could advise people listening to start doing today um, to help them along this path of managing their ego so it's working for them, not against them. Where would you uh, advise we start? Yeah, that, I, I can make it very simple because not even call it meditation, don't call it yoga, just find one thing, that one thing that separates you from the other is what you expect of the other. There is nothing else. So you will naturally, the closer the person that, that is to you, the more you expect from them, and therefore more conflict and separation you experience from the person to whom you're trying to get closer. So all relationship is like, I expect you to accept me because I don't have self-acceptance within me. So the easiest thing to practice yoga is to withdraw from expectations you have of yourself, you have of other. Be at peace within yourself and with other as often as you can. Expectations of yourself to be in a certain way is frustration just waiting to happen. It is bound to happen. So this expectation, where does it come from? It comes from your self-image of what I should be or should not be. It comes from the memories of what, how the other person should be or should not be. That is the fundamental conflict between parent and children, husband and wife, the buyer and the seller, 
teacher and the student everywhere. That is the fundamental conflict because each person lives in conflict within themselves and they through expectations. And so if you withdraw from expectation, you have no conflict. Right. I'm putting that in place from now. <laughs> it's something well, I've tried before, but I've got a much better understanding now of what to do. So I think anybody can use that. So any, if you are listening to me, just think one thing, like when you have, when you're frustrated with yourself, you know, you are not frustrated, your expectations are frustrated. Mm -hmm. That is why, so you know, when, you, when you are divorced, you're not divorced from the other, you're divorced from the expectations you had of the other. So <laughs> this, is, this is the subtle part of our separation that lives within us and manifests no matter where we go, what we do or who we are with. It is everywhere because expectations that live in separation from within, they live in separation no matter where you go, what you do, who you are with, because expectations are in the eye of a perceiver. perceiver. Therefore, it comes everywhere. Yeah. Wow. So, and then people, they tell me that, oh my God, I, this while I was, I really saw every time I had conflict with my husband, I was expecting him to be different. But that was so silent. He didn't know. And he, he did what he did. But I was in conflict with my expectations. When I stopped this, oh my God, we have an excellent relationship. So, so I, I don't judge my husband anymore. I, he's, and we flow so well together. And now he doesn't have expectation of me because I was not super uh, creating that for him. Mm -hmm. So this is amazing change will begin to happen. And we're going to be covering more of this um, next time in our next talk, which I'm going to let Danielle finish off. I must just say, I am just laughing because everything you've just said there, when I'm thinking of my cats, particularly Idris, the wonder cat, who can do what he likes whenever he likes, I have no expectations, but I know he's just perfect as he is. Um, I can get exactly how I'm meant to act with humans. I'll just act like I do with Idris. <laughs> So, oh, that has just been such wonderful wisdom you shared with us today. Um, you very kindly agreed to lead us into a meditation before we finish off today. Uh, I think yeah. now is the perfect time, if that's okay with you. Okay, let's do some meditation. Very simple, we'll do today, okay? So, <clears throat> so rub your palms like this. And visualize... Feel the, bring your attention to the rubbing palms and your attention will be followed by energy. So there'll be energetic presence. There'll be energy focus in your palms. Now, put it on your face like this, everywhere.
and to go ahead and while you do that, listen to me. So massage your forehead and as the energy penetrates the energy tensions and expressions and the, all the lines are erased. All the tensions feels being released as the energy penetrates and breaks the energy blocks that are appearing in the form of thoughts and feelings in your face. Now bring your fingertips on your eyelids and you cover your entire face with your palms. Leave no space between your palm and your face. Just hold it there. Feel that energetic penetration into all the expressions of tensions that are in your eyes. That is your, on your face. Just simply melt away. Take a breath in. Keep your eyes, keep your palm on your face. Just take a deep breath in. And then exhale. Let go of all the tensions from everywhere in all areas of your body. So now you are pouring the elixir of life, the pranic energy throughout your body and it automatically restores the healthy balance. Now bring your palms down, keep your eyes closed, bring your palms down, facing upward on your knees. Bring your palms facing upward on your knees, eyes closed. Now feel, allow yourself to relax your shoulders. Relax your palms, fingers. Relax your face so completely. Relax your upper body, let go. Your lower body, your legs, your feet. When your body is completely relaxed. When there are no tensions, there is no separation. Means your energy body is now whole, undivided whole. 
when your energy is whole, you are whole. You are the presence now. Now I will ask you to do one simple breathing technique. It's so simple. But listen closely so you can do it properly. You will inhale through your nose and you will exhale through the puckered lips or like a little straw, little space you make between your lips. So you breathe in through the nose, you breathe out through your straw. Very simple. Breathe in through the nose and you breathe out. Do not make lips round or anything. It's a very simple, very little space you create between your lips. So the breath out is going slowly and therefore it takes longer time to exhale. So inhale through the nose and then make your exhalation long, steady, unbroken flow. Listen to me and make it that way. Long, sturdy, unbroken flow. Ooh. As you come to the exhalation toward the end, do not try to force out all the air. Just stop where it is comfortable. Each time, you exhale, just stop in that silent, non-doing zone. You have entered into the being presence and then do not hold the breath out for too long, strain yourself. Just as soon as you feel necessary, breathe in through the nose again and breathe out through the straw. Make your exhalations long, steady, unbroken flow, natural flow. Nothing is strained. There is no effort. Repeat. 
did that few times. And with each time, your breath ends, you have empty mind, still mind. Now you can breathe normally. Bring your attention to spot between eyebrows. In yoga, the third eye. Where all healing happens spontaneously. You have dropped into non-doing power of presence, God within you. This means your subconscious system functions non-mentally. We call non-doing power of presence. This is the shift from doer and achiever ego mind to the non-doing presence that functions independent of mind. It functions when you surrender your past memories, your thoughts, your feelings, your choice. When you drop that, the choiceless presence functions optimally to carry out all the healing and transformative functions in your body. Now that you are connected to your prana, you know the attention, your energy follows your attention. So for experiment, bring your attention to your palms. 
total attention to your bones and notice how they instantly begin to feel heaviness, the energy and the blood is flowing where their tension is going. Now you can use your mind and energy for healing. Once you are connected to subconscious, your energy instantly carries out your prayers and makes it real. Your affirmations, your visualizations are made real. This means when you are in meditative state, you can use your mind that uses energy as its instrument to create the change, remove the healthy, unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy energy blocks, unhealthy memories from the past. You can remove it right now. Let go.
You may now bring your awareness back to your body. Just notice that when you are in an integrated zone of yoga, your body is relaxed, your mind is calm and clear, your heart is unconditionally open. You are experiencing the bliss of oneness. You are connected to the soul being presence, timeless presence now. You are whole and complete. You may now gradually open your eyes. Thank you, Gurudev. Thank you so much. That was amazing. I think if you are able to, the, the analogy that always comes to me of thinking of the mind, it's like we you just dropped us into source, the true self. And I, I view it as the ocean. And myself, Catherine, you, we've come into this world as an expression, like a wave. And I think our ego mind gets us so distracted <laughs> thinking that, you know, looking out in the land of form, um, trying to identify itself or, you know, be made to feel whole. And that's where, you know, the mind that was meant to help us kind of navigate the world takes us on the wrong ride. And meditation, when you guide us through that, it's like all of that quiets out and I get into, drop right into my heart and I feel like I go right into the ocean <laughs> and you know, connect with, with who I truly am. And it can it then bring that out into the world. That's, I mean, that's been my practice is trying to then bring that sense into every moment. What you said about analogy of ocean. So we are on the surface of ocean, there are waves. They go up and down. On the surface of life, there are waves of mind that go up and down. But when you drop into the presence, you are going into the ocean below where there is everything is calm and clear. So it is the same ocean. When on the surface, it's in turmoil. In the, in the inside, it's in stillness. So that is inside. You are going inside through meditation. So where there is complete stillness. So People, all of you can come and meditate with me that I teach on Fridays and Mondays, right? Yeah. yeah. If people are interested in that, uh, you can go to your website, amrityoga.org, and you can go to the online courses and you can see on Mondays and Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern time. I know I'm always there with you and it's something that it just helps get yourself recentered for the week. And I love that you also have it on Friday. It's almost like a cleanse, a shower <laughs> at the end of the week to just bring yourself back to the to the truth of who you are, because this world of ours can certainly uh, get into our heads and, and make us forget. 
So I want to say thank you for having that space for us to come and connect with our true selves. And thank you for this conversation. I know that we touched on it briefly, but the the way that the ego then shows up in our relationships, uh, and especially you said those that we love the most and that we're around the most tend to uh, trigger <laughs> those expectations and trigger our ego. I'm really excited because next time Catherine and I have both been reading your incredible book, the um, the yoga of relationships. And I think I've highlighted so much of this and Catherine yeah. has as well. And it has won five book awards because it has been so powerful and so unique. And so that'll be wonderful. It is. It's, it's so wonderful. So I can't wait to have you back so we can dive into this <laughs> and really get into the, the practicalities of trying to live a life with others who are also, you know, overcome by their own ego minds and how to navigate that so that you can keep this inner peace. So thank you so much, Gurudev and Catherine. A lot of living. Thank you. It was nice to be with both of you. I thoroughly enjoyed revealing the truth that will guide your way. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for everyone for listening. All Guru Dev's links will be below about how you can connect. Um, the book we will be delving into next time and asking some amazing questions about relationships. So the link to that will be below so that hopefully everyone can get their own copy and join us on our journey. We are so grateful for your time, Guru Dev, and for you, Danielle. So thank you, and we will be back again soon. Thank you. I absolutely love that discussion. I mean, what were some of the main points that came out of it for you, Danielle? When he says, what you resist persists, to me, it just, it hits home for me because our mind, like we have these expectations of how things should be and we're like resisting the fact that there's some other way <laughs> and they continue to persist because of that. And his solutions are so simple. I mean, he makes me laugh because he says, well, that was so simple. <laughs> it's simple for you after, you know, 90 years. But he, it's so true because the answers to all of life challenges, like the spiritual answers, and that's what he teaches is, well, you just need to release the expectation. You just need to stop resisting. You need to accept what is as is without the preference. And then it loses its charge. And I've been practicing this for the last seven years and I constantly still need the reminders. And he even jokes with me, you know, he'll say, Danielle, still, I'm trying to trap the ego from getting back in because or to keep it out because it constantly pops back in and, you know, starts to cause unease in your mind. <laughs> so that, that's what it is for me. And I, I was thinking, wow, this is a lot for you to take in because, you know, seven years with his teachings, I'm still trying to unpack because in a sentence, he says so much. So I'm wondering how it was for you. I think the thing is, if I've been on this path of discovery and teachings for a long, long while, probably 30 years, but every single teacher brings their own perspective. And what I find so unique about Guru Dev is first and foremost, you cannot fake this level of his embodying his teachings. Anyone who knows Guru Dev will see that he's constantly smiling. He is incredibly relaxed and at peace. And this is something that just shines through every interaction you have with him. So for me, 
Um, yes, even though I, you've only recently introduced me to Guru Dev, and I'm so grateful for that. And isn't it wonderful how the universe brings these connections in? Um, but equally, I love it in terms of every teacher has their own unique way of explaining it, and it will resonate. You know, as the saying comes, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And then when the student is ready, really ready, the teacher will disappear. And <laughs> I like you, the expectations things is so key. Um, someone I've worked with before, Carl Sees, said something that always stuck with me, which is no one ever breaks your heart, they break your expectations. Ooh. And these consistent <laughs> messages come through the whole time. And when we can, at the crux of the matter, we talk about it all starting with us. And when we can drop those expectations on ourselves, it's so much easier to drop mm -hmm. them on others. So thank you so much. We will be back for more collaborations. Please do leave us a comment below and let us know what you thought. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.